Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash pro revenge, where OP costs his boss $300,000. Our next Reddit post is from The Flying Lag. To put some context on the story, I was working in a multinational firm. I did my final internship post-master's degree there, and they liked me, so they offered me a job as a junior consultant. Fresh out of school, I couldn't have been happier. Since I was naive, I signed the contract without worrying about all the little details. One of the clauses was that I had to give three months of leave notice. I raised the issue and they said it's not a big deal, it was just for compliance purposes to the parent firm. Fair enough, I started working. In my second month, a colleague screwed up big time. He made a mistake, jeopardizing one of our biggest accounts and one of the biggest banks worldwide. This easily could have made it to the news headlines. They fired the guy and offered me to work on the account. At the time, I really didn't have enough experience to handle working on a team that manages one of our biggest clients, but I accepted the offer anyway. I start working with a team located in a different country to work on the international bank, which has a branch practically everywhere. So there were a lot of interactions with associates all over the world. They were very happy with my work, and I even got my own team to work for me once I switched to multiple accounts. The manager was very happy with me because I exceeded expectations and I brought home more work fees to the firm. While I was waiting for a big raise and bonus in the yearly evaluation, the manager said that I did nothing special. I swallowed my anger and continued to work flawlessly the same as the first year but with a big F-U attitude. They even gave me other accounts and a team to manage, but because I'm a petty person, I wasn't going to let this slide that easily. On my second year evaluation, because of my FU attitude, they tried to dig dirt on me so they could punish me. They found nothing, and the client was very happy with my work. The manager and the HR director went the extra mile to dig up dirt on me and my team, but they found nothing. My academic background gave me a lot of tools that I could use as a manager. I was a good team leader, I trained them well, and I took responsibility for every decision that was made. On the yearly evaluation, the managing partner and director of human resources said that I was very competent and I did a flawless job, but that I wasn't motivated enough to climb the ladder even further this year. This SOB gave me the lowest raise and bonus. Even though they have a set of objective rules for that and the defining factor is the client appreciation, which for me was excellent. The revenge. It was like the stars were aligning for me. On that big bank account, I was the only remaining member on that team. And because it requires a lot of international coordination, not everyone could keep tabs on everything. We worked with a lot of high-profile associates around the world, and they pretty much had a zero-mistake tolerance. Since I was the only remaining member of the old team, the account associate requested me to come visit him in another country, and he expressed to my manager how much he's going to rely on me in the upcoming season. Here's the fun part. The busy season for work is between January and April, but with a three-month notice policy, they didn't think they had much to worry about, or that's what they thought. In December, I gave my one-month notice. I know their drill. They'll say they'll have to consult with a higher-up and they'll get back to me with a response as soon as possible. In the meantime, I should train someone to replace me. And at the end of the month, once a replacement is trained, they'll say, no, you have to stay for three months or pay us for the two months extra. They did this to everyone before me. Since I had one year to plan my revenge, I set aside my revenge money to take away their leverage. I waited one week and went back to the HR director, and she said she's still waiting for the higher-ups okay. I went back to my office and I canceled my five days of paid vacation for the end of December, and I had the following conversation by email. OP, you can't cancel your paid vacation because there isn't that much work to do. 
You will take paid vacation like everyone else. I won't take it. I'm not like everyone else. I've given my resignation notice. Doesn't matter. You'll take it nevertheless. As stated by the labor laws, the employee on resignation notice can't take paid vacation. Otherwise, it'll push back the date of the last day of work unless there's an agreement between the two parties for it, which in our case we don't have. With nothing left to say, she forwarded the email chain to the HR director, and she sent me an email to come discuss the matter with her. I demanded to have my notice reduced to one month and to have a person to train. One week has passed and there's no replacement, and I'm still waiting for your feedback. The HR director said, We didn't find the right person to replace you, and we're still looking. I said, How hard can it be? You said in the evaluation that I did nothing special, and I don't have what it takes to climb. The HR director noticed my evil look. Sure, it was brutal how we treated you. But you can't leave. You'll stay the full three months, and that way we'll have plenty of time to find someone to replace you, and you will train him. That's not going to happen. At the end of the month, I'm leaving, and you can't stop me. In that case, you pay us a two-month salary, which is a lot. No problem. I prepared for that. My check is ready. The HR director panicked, and she called my manager and the operations director to the meeting. You can't leave. Even with you paying us, we have to accept it, which we won't. I said, according to such and such law, I can, in fact, leave, and I do not need your approval. The operations director is a poker champion, and he was in the meeting just to call my bluffs. I leaned in on the meeting table to let him see that I was not bluffing. I said, I'm leaving at the end of the month. You have two options. Option one, I'll pay you for those two months, but I'm not training anybody. Or option two, I'll train someone to replace me, but I won't pay you. You choose wisely. The human resources director said, this is blackmail. You call it whatever you want. That's my offer. Take it or leave it. You have less than three weeks to decide. The operations director said, how can we make sure that you train him well? And I said, you don't. If you want the second option, I need a written agreement before I start the training. In the rush, they agree to give up two months pay in exchange of training someone. They find a junior without any experience to fill for me, and I give her lousy training. After two months, the client wasn't happy, and he dropped our firm. To offer some perspective on that account, I had over 2,000 billable hours with that account, and my hourly fee was 200 bucks. They basically gave up over $300,000 annually from that account because they thought it was wise to screw me over on my raise and my bonus. And OP clarifies in the edit, For the poor girl that I trained, she was understanding. I did apologize to her in advance, and I suggested that she take the account on the condition that she wouldn't take any of the blame for the potential downfall. According to a friend, she's still working there and she didn't take any of the blame. OP, I don't know what country this is in, but it's definitely not America, because I've never heard of an employee paying a company if they quit before their notice. I'm having a little bit of trouble understanding, actually. So, if you quit before you notice, you have to pay them for the time that you didn't work. But, what would stop people from just going to work and just doing a terrible job? You know, like you go into work and then you just watch videos on your phone all day. Technically, you're there, you're just doing a terrible job. Our next Reddit post is from RockExpat. I was working a job that had me operating in one of our offices overseas. We would have business expenses, and those receipts would be in the language of the country we were in, obviously. Those expenses were for things like printer ink, office equipment, cleaning services, marketing costs, all pretty standard stuff. Well, around this time, we got a new VP who oversaw our region who worked out of our head office in LA. 
The VP came up with this brilliant idea to hire a translate to translate all the receipts to make sure we weren't sneaking in BS. Fair enough. However, the issue that arose was that we had to send our expenses to the translator who would translate the receipt and submit for reimbursement. The problem was, this translator was a real Karen type. She would demand better scans of the receipts, oftentimes after we'd already thrown them away. She would argue whether or not we really got the best deal on whatever we bought. I remember in one transaction, on about $200 of ink cartridges, she asked me why I didn't order online from this common website. To which I said they were out of stock at the time and we needed the ink, so we bought from a local store. She said I was spending too much money. I said, it's none of your concern. Your job is to translate the receipt. She said, if I want her to submit my expenses, I need to be nice to her. So then I said, she needs to learn her place. She's a translator, not a VP who gets to instruct me on what to do. After this encounter, she started being extra anal with my expenses. So one day I came in the office early to call her and try to work things out. She basically told me that I screwed up by pissing her off. And she expected my expense reports to be perfect or she wouldn't submit them unless they were. I told her that if she keeps this up, she won't have a job much longer. She laughed and wished me well and then hung up. A few months later, we had our annual meeting in LA and after the meeting, we were at a bar. So I walked up to the VP and started up a conversation. I steered the conversation towards expenses and I asked him how much in monthly expenses he typically reimbursed for offices in our country. He said about three to 4000 I acted surprised and said, is that all? He goes, yeah. To clarify that, three to 4000 is typical spending, and he says, yeah, it rarely goes above $4,000. So I ask him about how Karen, our translator, is doing. He says she's doing a good job, so I nod my head and say, how many fraudulent expenses has she caught? It's important to note that every employee who was submitting expenses was well paid. They'd be awfully stupid trying to skim some extra dollars via fraudulent expense reports. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, you hired her to ensure that all the expenses you were reimbursing us for were legitimate, right? Her job is to translate them for you, correct? He says it is, and I say, so is it safe to presume you've done that to ensure people aren't submitting BS expenses? He says, yeah, you could say that. I smile and ask, so, how many fraudulent expenses has she caught? He thinks for a moment and says, uh, I don't think she's caught any. So I ask, and how much do we pay her? He says it depends on her workload, but between $2,500 to $3,000 a month. I smile and ask, does it make sense to pay someone $3,000 a month to translate $3,000 in receipts? Well, she ensures that we aren't getting any fraudulent expenses. I counter, well, you said she hasn't caught any in the last nine months, and the expenses are always between three dollars to $4,000. So, as long as the expenses stay in that range, wouldn't it be safe to assume that the expenses are legitimate? And couldn't you just bring in a translator on a contract basis if it got out of hand? He sees my point. And imagine the cost savings. We'd probably save over $40,000 a year, and that's a good chunk of change, isn't it? The VP tried to defend his position. But she does a good job. I counter, yeah, but you could frame this that you've saved us 40 k a year and created a baseline to judge expenses by. Cutting costs is always good for the bottom line and the end of the year bonuses, isn't it? By the way, I knew that a major percentage of the VP compensation package with the company had to do with the company's margin at the end of the year. The bigger the margin, the bigger the bonus. You can see the twinkle in his eye. 
we carry on the rest of the night. A few weeks later, we get an email from the VP saying that we're to submit all of our expenses directly to the admin for reimbursement, and that we've let go of Karen. OP, a genius stroke from you. Not only did you get rid of this Karen, but you also made yourself look really smart and useful to this VP. Bravo, OP. That was our slash pro revenge, and if you like this content, check out my Patreon where I publish extra episodes. Also, be sure to follow this podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.